When I get that call, first call I'm making, I gotta call my parents. And I mean, it's just gonna be, I don't know, a dream, you know? Long with a fly ball out towards the left field corner, going back is Hill, it's over his head and it's gone. I'm C. Trent Rosecrans, and this is Great American Dream, the story of the minor leagues told through the eyes of Red's second base prospect, Shed Long. Shed Long's absence from baseball was extended by one day thanks to rain, but on August 30th, with just seven games remaining in the regular season, he was back in the lineup after missing nearly a month with a hand injury. There was a little bit of worry in my mind of like, when I start hitting on the field, will it, will it hurt, you know? Because when I really start to try to generate, you know, because, I mean, hitting the cage in on the field is a whole lot different, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was I was, I was, was worried about, you know, when I really started to try to generate power and stuff, you know, how would it feel and stuff like that. It's his first time back in almost a month. He was out of the lineup. Had a bruise on his thumb. It was a little irritated. Here's the one-two pitch, and this is a little looper into left center field, and that'll get down for a base hit. He's on with a one-out single. That's a good way for Shed to be indoctrinated back into the lineup. Wasn't his thumb, excuse me, it was his wrist that had been bothering him. Now Long's aboard with a base hit here in the first inning. That didn't last long as he singled in his first at-bat back and his second. Long a step out of the box and he's in again. Fans still making their way into the ballpark. Here's the payoff pitch and Long lines it through the right side. That's a hit into right field for Shed Long up to third base is Arzmendi Alcantara. Long finished two for two with two walks in his first game back. And then, as a pinch hitter in the second game, he walked again. He doubled in the next game and singled in the next. You know, everything was good. And, you know, coming back and getting to hit that first at bat, you know, that was that was huge. Now he can get back to playing baseball. Blue Wahoos are in the postseason, so he'll get even more at-bats and be able to finish the season on the field. It's been a strange season for Long. Started slowly at Daytona, then caught fire started slowly and stayed slow after a promotion to AA Pensacola. And just when he started to get back on track, his hand and wrist caused him to miss 23 games. But that's life in baseball, full of ups, downs, starts, and stops. I mean, you know, as a whole, you know, I uh, I, I catch myself really, you know, saying like, man, like it's a terrible year and I mean, I should have been better. I could have done this, could have done that. But then I catch myself thinking back, and I'm like, I mean, if you go and look at the numbers as a whole, there's people that would love to have the season that I'm having, and I'm sitting here dreading the season that I'm having, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you, you know, I just try to think positive about it. And, I mean, there was a lot of things, you know, with – 
with the failure that I had when I first got here, you know, that was a lot of a lot of things that I learned from, and I feel like it was good for me, and it's going to help me in the future. And I mean, my thing is, it's not a bad thing to struggle right now because I really get all the struggles out of the way right now. Where next year, when I get in the big leagues, I don't have to worry about that struggle. If I do struggle, then I know how to fix it. Long season will end in Double A. The minor league seasons conclude in September, while the big leagues still have about a month to go. As much of a grind as the 140 or so games in the minor leagues are, the big leagues play 162. There's a reward for some players in the minors, as teams can expand their rosters from 25 players to even more in September, allowing teams to give young players a taste of the big leagues. The Reds called up several pitchers who had pitched in the big leagues already in 2017 to bolster its staff in the final month. This was not unexpected, and neither was the call-up of catcher Chad Wallach to give the team a little bit more depth behind the plate. But as AAA Louisville wound down its season, shortstop Zach Vinci got the call that everyone dreams of. He was called up to the big leagues. It's a call that shed season his future, even if it wasn't this year. I mean, you know, it wasn't something I worried about this year. Right. I mean, it, it could easily have happened, but that's not that's not something I'm worried about, you know, because, I mean, it's not something that I can really control. Uh-huh. You know, and I talk about that all the time. We're just worrying about the things that I can control, and that is staying healthy and, you know, performing at my best and giving the team whatever they need to win. It wasn't something Vincey was really thinking about either. In addition to the regular 25-man roster for every big league team, there's a larger 40-man roster with those other 15 players eligible to be called up to the big leagues. Vincey, 26, wasn't on the Reds' 40-man roster, so he didn't get his hopes up for a big league call-up. But on September 1st, the Reds released right-hander Lieselverto Bonilla from the 40-man roster and put Vincey on the 40-man and called him up to the big leagues. So there, Vincey sat in the visitors' clubhouse at PNC Park on September 1st, a big leaguer at last. The night before in Louisville, he had been told the news. It was a moment he'll never forget, and it started on a day he didn't even think he would play, much less achieve a lifelong dream. And I haven't had an off day in a while, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll enjoy the day, get a little rest, and... Um, and so the game goes on, and, and we have a bunch of our position guys are getting pinch hits and stuff throughout the game, and I'm, I'm the last guy on the bench. And um, it was the ninth inning, and, and I was the only position guy left, so I was like, okay, I'm going to hit. So our, our manager, Delino, he calls me up, and he's like, hey, you're hitting. And so uh, I get on deck, and I start swinging, and then he pulls me aside, and he goes, hey, Zach, you're not going to be hitting tonight. You're going to be going to the show. And I just lit up, and I was like, wow, this is, this is the best way to hear this right now. This is really cool, right in front of the team. And, and uh, the team gave me hugs and stuff, and it was pretty special. So, like, you were on deck? I was on deck, and he had it in his mind the whole time, and he was just kind of playing a little prank on me. So it worked out perfect. Yeah. That's pretty good by Delano. I know. It was smooth. It was real smooth. <laughs> well, it's funny because I talked to him earlier this year about the subject, and he goes, oh, yeah, I don't do anything special. I'll just say you're on the show. But yeah, and then yeah. like Jesse tells me these, like he pulled some on yeah. Jesse too. I think maybe it's uh, maybe first time guys, you know, it's, if it's their first time going up, I think, uh, you know, I, he might do something special. But it was it was really cool of him, and um, I couldn't thank him enough for that special moment. So what do you do after that? 
Um, I just kind of sat there and just kind of, you know, gave my team some hugs and, you know, and they were congratulating me and um, I was able to kind of sneak away for a second and call my dad and my, my mom and, you know, the people that are important to me. And, and uh, luckily my girlfriend was there at the game, so she was able to, uh, you know, experience that whole the whole thing, the whole uh, deal. So it was really cool. It was real special and it was, uh, it worked out perfect. Then you just were you able to? That was last night. Yeah, yeah, it was last night, and uh, yeah, I just packed up the stuff and and flew out early this morning. So now I'm here. You look around. Is it just? Yeah. Just sit in a big league locker room. Yeah. See you, you know, Vincey on the. Play. Yeah, it's pretty surreal, man. I mean, it's it's been a lifelong dream of mine, you know, to to be in this locker room and to play Major League Baseball at, and. Um, it's it's hard to describe you know and and now that's finally here I've had some time to kind of enjoy it last you know last night and a little bit today but now it's time to um, you know help the team win and, and do whatever I can to to help them out 12 looks a lot better than what 87 86 whatever yeah I had 90, 90. <laughs> yeah. that's a, that looks a lot better <laughs> at this point I'll take any number up here <laughs> Vincey made his big league debut that night, grounding out as a pinch hitter. From now on, he can say he played in the big leagues. And that's what the minor leagues are all about, working your way to the goal, the show. Side note here, the show is a common term for the big leagues. In the minor leagues, the show is where you want to go. In the big leagues, show turns into an adjective to describe big league worthy clothes, equipments, performances, or anything else worthy of a big leaguer. And that's what makes all of this worthwhile. It makes it pay off. For the thousands of players that play in the minors every year, only one in ten will make the big leagues. Some for just a day, some for years. But nearly every one in ten can tell you about the day that they were told they were headed to the show. The show is different. It has different customs, different environments, different pitchers, different hitters. The show is the top. And reaching the top? Well, that's show. Bronson Arroyo, now 40 and in his last big league season, can recall his introduction to the show. Um, I was, yeah, it was in June of 2000, and uh, it was a weird year because the Pirates called up my AAA manager, Trent Jewett, mm -hmm. to coach third base midseason. They fired first and third base coach midseason. So we had Richie Hebner being our kind of interim manager in AAA. I was supposed to start in Colorado Springs the next day and he called me in the office and said hey I got some good news and some bad news for you which one you want first I said I'll take the bad news he said well the bad news is you aren't pitching today or tomorrow no actually it was that day right he said the bad news is you're not pitching today and um, he said the good news is you're throwing against the Braves on Wednesday I was like oh so it was uh, you know you knew you were going to play in the big leagues at some point if you had done well you know in double A and triple A as I had been doing but it was still kind of hard to prepare yourself for that that moment because you know you you kind of you're you're with all the guys that you've been coming up with in the minor leagues and, and it's almost like your own little rat pack and you're you're comfortable with these guys almost as if you were in college and, and you all known each other from childhood and now you're immediately thrown into a very foreign world and at that time much less young guys in a locker room so you only have four or five young guys in a locker room and you've now got you know 20 guys that are looking at you that don't know you from a hole in wall don't even know your name maybe they vaguely remember you from a big league camp from a couple years earlier 
And so it was, it was a little different, but it, definitely exciting. I can remember going home and calling people and just being like, it was, it was definitely, um, it was, it was exciting enough that even for a guy like me that seems to kind of tame things, it was, it was uh, in a way uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went, had to get, you were in Colorado Springs. Yeah. So, I, so it's not a good travel. No, it wasn't that great. It was Colorado Springs all the way to Pittsburgh. And then I remember I, so I flew in that next day and I was going to have one day on the bench and then I was going to pitch. And so I flew into Pittsburgh. It was a rain delay. I remember it was really gloomy out in Pittsburgh and Three River Stadium. Yeah, exactly. And and, then Three River Stadium was such a unique thing because you're so used to playing inside ballparks that had an open back your whole life. And now you're going inside of this thing that is totally surrounded by stands, you know, which obviously not many of them exist, but it's just a different feel um, in those cookie cutters. So I went in there and I walked in the locker room and everybody was just sitting around because it was a rain delay. So that was that was uncomfortable as it was. It would have been a lot nicer if guys were maybe taking batting practice and I would have had a little time to myself, but I didn't. So I got there. I remember the game was about to start, and I was putting on my shoes, and I was about to put on a pair of spikes. And Jimmy Anderson was a was a pretty young pitcher who knew me from the minor leagues, and he said, "What are you doing? Why are you putting on spikes?" And I said, "Oh man, I've been pinch running, pinch hitting like once every ten days in, in AAA." He's like, "Man, ain't nobody gonna pinch run or pinch hit here, dude. Put them tennis shoes on and quit worrying about it." So I go out watching the game, minding my own business, just trying to look over there. I'm seeing Greg Maddox. I'm seeing John Smoltz. I'm seeing freaking Tom Glavin. It's like, this is freaking awesome, man. Just watching this game, taking it all in. And it was right on the field there. Three Rivers was very close to the action. You know, you felt like you're right there on the field because it was all one level. There was no stairs to go up. And they called down, Arroyo. He said, uh, get in on the on-deck circle. You're going to go hit. This is in the third inning, I think. And I'm like, what? I just told Jimmy for one that I need my spikes. I said, I got tennis shoes on. He said, don't worry about it. Just get in the box. You'll be good. And luckily, I used to never wear my contacts in AAA because not a whole lot, like until the game got going and then I saw maybe there's an opportunity to hit, I'd go put them on. Well, that night I thought I better put my contacts in right away, not to hit, but because I just want to be able to visually see the game good. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, at least I had contacts in, but I had tennis shoes on and they said, don't worry about it. It's a good box in there. Go in there. So I made my major league debut. I had the first pitcher to do that in 70 years. And uh, I got an at-bat against Bruce Chan, got a full count, hit a ground ball back to Bruce, and that was how I made my major league debut. So it took a little bit of the nerves away from pitching the next night. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> well, at least it was three rivers and that bad turf, so the, the shoes weren't too bad. Exactly. So that's why a lot of guys were playing with that anyway, so it wasn't, like, it wasn't such a strange, a strange thing. And Jimmy messed you up. I can see that. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. What's funny about that very same Jimmy Anderson? He's part of the reason I'm here now. When people ask me about my job, I tell them that it's what I've wanted to do since I was 10, and I realized I wasn't going to be a big league player. I realized it because of Jimmy. Jimmy and I were always on the same little league team in Chesapeake, Virginia. Even at 10, I realized Jimmy was different. He had the talent to play in the big leagues, and I didn't. We both loved the game. We lived the game. We played all summer. After games, we'd play cup ball. A baseball game played with the concession stand cups balled up to make a ball that you hit with your open hand. On days we didn't have baseball games or baseball practice, we'd play wiffle ball in the backyard, imitating the big leaguer's stances. In the winter, we'd go in the garage and play cut ball or play micro league baseball on my Apple II Plus or the baseball game on his ColecoVision. Jimmy ended up getting the call to the show in 1999, debuting for the Pirates on July 4th that year. He appeared in 122 big league games in his career, including 96 starts. He played for the Pirates, Reds, Cubs, and Red Sox in the big leagues. He also played in the minors for the Twins, Rays, Astros, and finally the Marlins. 
stopped playing in 2006 and is now back in Virginia coaching kids. 1999 was the same year I got my own call up to the big leagues, getting the chance to cover a handful of Braves games and the 1999 All-Star Game in Boston for the Athens Banner Herald in Athens, Georgia. 2000, I got to see Jimmy when he came to Turner Field to play the Braves, both of us in a big league clubhouse. It wasn't exactly the way I dreamed of, but it was both of us in the show. Sometimes I think of those days playing and dreaming of the big leagues with Jimmy, and that's why I enjoy the stories of the call-up so much. It's the culmination of a dream. It's a huge moment in someone's life. The connection from a kid to achieving an impossible dream. Reds catcher Chad Wallach got his call last month. While Vincey didn't know it was coming, Wallach had a pretty good idea. Teams need at least two catchers at all times. And with Devin Meserocco on the disabled list, the Reds had just two catchers on the active roster, Tucker Barnhart and Stuart Turner. However, both of the Reds' catchers' wives were due with their first children in the last week or so of August. Both would take three days off for paternity leave, meaning a catcher was going to have to be added to the Reds' roster. I've stayed in touch with uh, Turner throughout the season, and uh, I kind of knew what was going on. Um, but, I mean, who knew if it was going to be me? It could have been anybody, but I was just thankful it was me. Uh, they told me last night after the game, so after our game in Indianapolis. So the line just said, hey, you're going over? Yeah, yeah, it, it was a good feeling. Got to walk out to the teammates, so that was good. Yeah. I mean, when he called you in, you probably had a pretty good idea. Yeah, I had a feeling, but I didn't want to assume anything, so I just kind of tried to play it low-key, and then when he told me, it was a pretty good feeling. As Wallach sat in front of his new big league locker, relative veteran Billy Hamilton reflected on his own call-up in 2013. Yeah, it was, it was September, and uh, I can remember the day we was in uh, the Pittsburgh team. What was it, Indianapolis? Yeah. It was in Indianapolis, and uh, I was getting ready to play, and, and Jim Riggles was managed yeah, in. Yeah, he comes to me, he's like, I'll tell you something, he's like, you're going to big leagues tomorrow. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to the big leagues tomorrow. So he's like, don't go out there and do nothing crazy where you don't get a chance. And I'm like, man, like, I, I went I went to the back. Like, I don't think nobody saw me the rest of the day. I'm back in the back on the phone calling all my people back at home. And it was just one, like one of them days, like, you just, like, you don't even want to play minor leagues anymore. He's just like, oh, man, like, uh-uh, I'm done with I'm done with this day. Like, it's one of them ones you go up there and you just, like, it don't, it don't even matter anymore if you get out or anything. You know, you, you, you're, stressing, you're stressing and everything, trying to get there, and you're trying to, trying to do so well to get a chance to get in the big league. And then he tell you going tomorrow, and then you're just like, oh, man, I can't do nothing like to even, like, to stay down here anymore. I don't want to go out here and end up uh, sliding and hurting my leg or doing something like this. So I was just, man, I was kind of, like, just taking it easy, man. And it was just one of them days where... I don't know. I mean, I, I had the biggest smile on my face the whole day, and I, like I said, I was on the phone the whole day. And like I said, I still remember that day, like when he came and told me how how, how surprised I was. And like I said, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, whoever was pitching, you're like, sorry, I'm not diving for anything tonight. Oh yeah, I'm not like I'm <laughs> listening. I'm not. You guys already know. Like I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna run into the wall. I'm not gonna dive for you. So I hope you guys keep it down for me. But. And it was just something that I like, they had to understand. Like, I mean, if, if that person was pitching, they were going to the big leagues tomorrow too, and they'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna just try to take it easy and make sure I get to the, get a chance to get a chance to get there." So, like I say, it was it was a, it was a really good day. And then the next day, when you get here, that was a special environment too. Um, against the Cardinals, your debut, you know, and that day, you you guys ran a pennant race, and you still. What do you remember from that day? No, it was, it was just weird because, like, because when Rick was telling me this, he was like, well, 
and they told me to tell you, blah, 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 you're not going to play, you're not going to do anything, like, you're not going to play, we just want you there just to get around those guys and see what, it, see what it's like to be, to be a big leaguer, and, like, and just make sure you get on here, make sure you watch and everything, make sure you watch and learn from those guys, like I said, like, they basically told me, like, I'm not playing at all, so then, um, I get here, and I get to this big league clubhouse, I'm, I'm nervous, and, Get to start seeing these guys and stuff like that. I mean, I've I, I met them before, but like, but just actually like just being in the cl in the clubhouse, being on the same like actual same team with these guys, it was like man, like I came and sat down, and I didn't know what to do. Like I'm in like a big time locker room, got my got my jersey hanging up. I'm like, just, you know, taking pictures of my jerseys and stuff, sitting in my locker, like not trying to bother anybody, not trying to say anything. I didn't I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to. Say anything with these guys and be like, man, it's your first day, shut up or something. So I was just like, came and sat down, didn't bother anybody. Like, I looked at sitting to my locker, didn't do anything. And then um, you know, I got to the game and I'm just sitting there looking around these stands. It's like, because like at that point, like, the games was big because like you were trying to get into playoffs and it was the Cardinals, it was a big rivalry and everything. So, and the place is loud, man. I was packed out. So I'm just sitting down there and, and like, the literally the first day. So I'm sitting down and then uh, Dusty comes down there. He's like, Billy. Okay, come here. I was like, so what's up? He was like, if he gets on, you're running. And I'm like, I'm in my head like, like that's that's not what the that's not what you guys told me. Like you guys told me like just to just come up and watch. Like, you know, like I don't know what to do with you guys. And like so I go down to the uh, I go down into the like the little, the little running area down there. I'm thinking in my head like nothing against Ryan Lowick because he's, he's my guy. But I'm thinking in my head I'm like, listen, I please don't get a hit. Like. I'm like, listen, please don't get a hit. I'm not. I don't think I'm ready for this. Like, it's like, I'm not prepared for it. Like, it's the big leagues, and you guys are in, in like a pennant race, and like, guys. I mean, people everywhere. It's packed out. Like, I'm, I'm scared. Like, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm nervous. It's Molina, like the Cardinals, and like you guys are playing like to try to win and stuff. Like, don't put me out. Like, I'm too nervous. And then uh, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting a little step right there at the end of the dugout. I'm sitting in the step, and I, and I, I, I actually didn't see the only thing I saw the hit. I just hear the crowd, yeah, I'm like, uh-oh, something must have happened. I walked up the steps, and he was on first base, and I was, I was, I was kind of nervous. I didn't even want to look at Dusty, so I, I, finally, I finally looked at him, and he was like, he gave me a left of head, and I was like, I was like, okay. So then I got out there, and I saw the people, man, I was I was still nervous, like, I was still nervous. Only thing, that, only thing, the reason why I ran is because he, he picked twice. If he wouldn't have picked or anything, man, I, I was my legs over there shaking like it wasn't nothing. So then he picked that first time and I got back and I'm thinking in my head like, okay, okay. So then he, when he picked the second time and I was like, oh man, this is just baseball. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just baseball. Oh, I got to go now. Like, there's no reason I, I should be sitting here. Like, they got the same pick off that guys got in the minor league. Like, you know, and, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gone. I'm like, what type of jump I get? What kind of lead I get? I'm gone. And then it actually happened pretty good for him. I ended up getting safe and then... It happened again, and then and it happened again. So I got a chance to actually make that uh that that that, 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 that what, 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 the wild card game. I got a chance to make that team, and then and then the same thing in that right there. And I was um like I'm, I don't I don't play so many games. I came in and got stolen base and had all these runs and everything, but I never played in a playoff game. And in in Pittsburgh, and this you just know how crazy that stadium was, like loud, like yeah, like it was crazy. And then same thing happened. He come down and to me, he's like, hey. Because it was when Logan Andrusic was pitching. He was like, well, if you don't get this guy out right here, you're going in for a double switch. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, oh, man. I'm like, I don't think I'm, really, I'm really not ready for this one. But he ended up getting out, the, getting out of the inning, so I didn't get a chance to play that game. But like I said, the experience, man, was, was unbelievable, man. So like I said, that was, that was my little rookie uh, debut. I loved it.
Is it fun, like, when you see guys, you know, Chad comes up today, you're, it, it doesn't seem like that long ago? No, it doesn't seem like that long ago, to be honest with you. I feel like I, I, was, I'm, I'm, I was just in his situation, getting a chance of getting called up. And uh, like I said, I'm happy for him, man. I'm pretty like, see, he, see, he's doing exactly what I was doing the whole time. See, like, sitting in his locker on his phone, just looking forward. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you you, you're nervous. Like, even though you've been around these guys mm-hmm. in spring training, like, it's, it's just a different feel once you, like, you know you're on a, the main team with him in spring training. It's just... It's just a bunch of training. Like you don't like you're not with the guys. You're not on the team yet. And now that you're like officially part of the team, and like you just like, bro, you don't know what to do. Like you on the phone, make sure you get all your calls in. Like, yeah, I think it's um, that's cool though, man. Like I said, I'm happy for Chad. I'm happy for anybody who gets the call up. You know what I'm saying? Because that's I was in that same that same boat one time. So I, I like I said, I'm happy for him, man. Zach Cozart got the call in 2011. I remember it was like three in the morning. Uh, and Rick Sweet was calling me, which I figured if the manager's calling you, you either got released or you're going up to the big leagues, and I was hoping I didn't get released. So uh, it was just one of those things. It was I was exhausted, but then when you get that call, your, your blood starts pumping. Uh, you call your parents. You call people who um, you're closest to, and... Um, and then flying out in the morning on all my way to Milwaukee, so it was it was cool. Were you in Louisville when it happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing when you called your parents. Now, when you call at three in the morning, there's a lot of reasons you could call well, at three in the morning. I kind of waited a little bit because I knew they'd be sleeping. I mean, obviously they want to know, so I waited till like six just to to call everybody and let them know. Um, but yeah, they were uh, they were in Milwaukee. So what'd you do for those three hours? Pack? Yeah, panic basically, panic because uh, you have to, you know. I have I had two dogs. My wife was there, uh, and you have to pack up, and I don't know what I'm supposed to wear uh, or anything. So it's like you're just your head spinning around. You're excited. You're nervous. Um, and so yeah, it's, there's so many things going through your mind at the same time, and then it, it goes by so fast. All of a sudden, I was in the lineup and out there at Miller Park playing, so um, it was crazy. You also want to make sure you're ready for the call, not just emotionally, but actually having your phone. Scott Shebler almost made that mistake. So, yeah, I was in Oklahoma City in 15. I was playing cards with a bunch of my roommates. Didn't have my phone near me at all. Um, For some reason, I had like this this thought like hey where's my phone that just randomly and this was like one o'clock at night because it was after a night game so we were all just playing cards hanging out and I'm like man i need to find my phone find my phone and there's like five six missed calls from my manager and our G- and our gm with the dodgers and i'm like uh-oh like what what's going on so i call him back and they're like why don't you have your phone on you and he's like well it's one o'clock in the morning like he's like well you're going to the big leagues tomorrow i'm like like what and this is at this point it's like 1 30 in the morning i'm like what like kind of just don't don't mess around with me because he was kind of he was kind of a jokester and i'm like he's like no i'm not kidding you're flying out tomorrow so i got zero sleep that night um hit the next hit the first flight to la from oklahoma city got there shoot so i mean this is a story so i don't know if you want yeah, the story no, if you want the whole if you, you want all, the whole story everything. so yeah, woke up. Um, I called my parents and, and all that. Um, Two o'clock in the morning, woke them up, told them. Um, so they were trying to fly out there. Um, I get out there and I probably get in at about two o'clock. And LA traffic's crazy. 
So I don't get to the ballpark. Like I'm stuck in traffic for two hours. I don't get to the ballpark and they're done with BP pretty much. So I didn't get, I don't get BP or anything. And my, I'm coming in. They're like, yeah, by the way, you're starting left tonight. I'm like, all right, like here, here we go pretty much. Um, so went out and faced Carlos Martinez and got hit my first at bat. And it was really cool because uh, AJ Ellis was, he's kind of the guy I went to in spring training and awesome guy. He really, he really mentored me. And he's like, hey, before the game, he's like, just easiest way to get through this is like kind of count your breaths. It's the easiest way to get through this because this was Dodger Stadium Friday night against the Cardinals. So, I mean, this is like, this is big time right here. Uh, for, you into yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, he was like, hey, try not to look up because, you know, Dodger Stadium, it's like way up there. And he's like, just if you ever catch yourself, just count your breaths or try to try to try to see how long you can exhale, inhale. He's like, just it's all about breathing. I promise you. And honestly, it helped. Like I would catch myself. Um, didn't feel uncomfortable at the plate in the outfield. I felt a little like out of place for some reason with that many people because it was the first time, obviously, in the big leagues with that many people around me. I just felt out alone out there. It was really weird in the outfield. So. Yeah, that's my experience. And then uh, my parents didn't get to make it, um, and I actually got sent down the next day. Um, so I saw them in the airport when they were coming in, and I was flying out. So I said <laughs> hi and all that to them, and they ended up making a, a vacation out of it because my, my cousin and all that lives out there. So it was just kind of funny to see them because they were arriving and I was leaving. So it was pretty funny. Pretty good story. Getting the call isn't always a one-time thing. Big league rosters are fluid. It's not like a Supreme Court seat. You can go back to the minors if you aren't performing, or if somebody gets healthy, or even if the team wants you to play more and you're not going to get the playing time in the big leagues. That's what happened with outfielder Jesse Winker this year. He's gotten the call three times, and each time, Louisville manager Delino DeShields gave him something to remember. Delino has a funny way of messing with me when it came to these things. Um, So we're in Columbus, and um, we just got done beating the hell out of them, and... uh, Late in the game, there was like a dirt ball. We were up like five, and like the catcher blocked the ball, and I took second. And, um, you know, I, I come in after the game, and he calls me into his office, and he goes, um, you know, wait, wait to swing the bat tonight, and uh, I just want to talk to you about that, that dirt ball read. He goes, you know, we're up five um, late in the game. He goes, you know, you probably shouldn't take the extra bag like that in the ninth. He goes, you know, we don't want them to, like, think we're running up the score on them. And I'm like, man, like, he just got done talking to me, like, a week prior about how he wants me to be more aggressive on the bags, right? So I'm like, man, I don't get it. And then he goes, oh, no, I'm just messing with you, man. You're going to the big leagues. He goes, keep running like that. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And that's, like, my first time, right? And then uh, I remember the time right before I went to uh, Arizona because we're playing the Diamondbacks right before the break. I flew out to left. I flew out deep. And, um... I was like running because I thought it was gone, and the guy catches. I was like, oh. So I'm I'm jogging out to right, and he calls me in off the field, and like I rounded first, like I'm like I was like halfway to second, and um, I'm jogging out to right, and, and he calls me in. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, I jog back in, and he goes, uh, hey, you're you're done for the rest of the game. I. He goes, just you're done. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm done? It was like my first or second at bat, and he goes, you know, I I don't felt. I don't feel like you got out of the box well enough right there. Like you weren't really hustling right there. And I'm like, okay. So I went and I was, I was pretty, I went up to the clubhouse and I wasn't too thrilled about that one. And then, uh, 
somebody told me to go back down and he was laughing he goes i got you there he goes you're going back to the big leagues and i was like you gotta stop with this man and then before the last one he just he just called me on the off day and he was like hey wink i i don't have anything to say to you right now except for you're going to the big leagues and he said um you know he goes i'm you're going to be in Pittsburgh tomorrow, and he goes, and I think you're going to be playing. And I'm like, no kidding. And uh, he goes, yeah. He goes, buckle it on. And he goes, uh, go do what you do. And so that was really cool. And then, you know, hitting that home run, he texted me after that game and, like, just like that emoji muscle thing, and it was cool. So it was uh, it was pretty cool how it all went down this year. I thought, um, you know, he did a fun job of, you know, making a making it a fun, you know, experience for me. So I'm happy were, you, were you expecting any of those? You know, okay, the first time, yeah. And then after the first time, I thought, I was like, all right. You know, when I came back, I'm like, this might be over. But the one before Arizona, he got me. Like, he got me pretty pretty darn well because I was like, what do you mean I wasn't hustling? I was almost at second. And uh, he goes, oh, I was just messing with you. And I'm like, damn. I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> what do you remember the first time you walked into the clubhouse? And I mean, that's that's a dream come true, you know, but – that first weekend, it wasn't even really about me. You know, it was about, you know, my mom, my dad, and my brothers. It was about everyone else who got me here. You know, um, the whole weekend I was here, everyone was telling me, you know, it's going to be a short stay. So I kind of just gave that weekend. It was, it, was, it was theirs, and I knew whenever I came back that it was just going to be back to business. You know, so I was, I'm actually, the process where I've gone through where throughout the year where I've been sent up, sent down, it's kind of got me ready for this point. I mean, obviously up until this injury. Um, of getting ready to come play you know it kind of broke me in getting a little at bat here I start here just to kind of get my feet wet and then you know this last time when I was called up to, to come play you know those past experiences it was kind of cool that how I could have used how I used those you know for that so it's been it's been a cool one so far after his call up Reds outfielder Adam Duvall then with the Giants didn't get to the ballpark until the game was already in progress uh Tim let's come through a no hitter was your first game? Yep. Yeah, I, I called up and like uh, I got there in like the six, so I threw my uniform on, came out, and at that time I didn't know he was throwing a no hitter, and I, it was like the seventh or eighth, and I looked up and I was like, "Wait, they don't have any hits." And then so at the end of the game, everybody ran out, and um, you know he completed his no hitter. You're like, "Hi, I'm Adam." Uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know. Some of them were probably like, "When did you come up?" You know, um, but that was that was probably the most memorable thing when I got called up. Of course, there are always outliers, and as with most things, Joey Votto was an outlier. The Reds' first baseman and former MVP was a September call-up in 2007. I was in Louisville, and um, I remember thinking, "It's about goddamn time." <laughs> That's it. That's it. Who told you? I, mean, I really didn't even feel that happy. I was more, you know, when you like, I wasn't, I, I was, I wasn't that happy. I really wasn't. I mean, I suppose I probably should have been, and I think over some time I was happy, but I was a little bit petty about it. You know, I, I had been, I, I never thought that I wasn't supposed to be here. I thought since I was in A-ball and double-A that I was supposed to be here. And so I just felt like I was always out of place with every team that I played with all the way up until the big leagues. What do you remember about your first game? Um, 
I remember facing, I think, Guillermo Moda, and uh, he threw a fastball, if I'm not mistaken, and then all change-ups, and I, I, he punched me out. Um, and I remember thinking, ah, okay, so that's how it's going to be. I can handle that, you know, like feeling like, okay, they're going to do that sort of thing. I'm ready for that too. You know, um, I remember thinking the ball is much easier to see. I hit the ball harder, harder and farther here. Um, there's more subtleties inside of the strike zone, but I just thought, yeah, I can handle it. The next day, Fado got his first career start. He was 3-for-3 three three with a walk and a home run off Mets starter John Main for his first career hit. He was right. He did belong. Next on Great American Dream. And now the Jumbo Shrimp with their backs against the wall. The Wahoos have them down to their final strike. McCarahan hoping to deliver the knockout punch and the Wahoos title. Hudson's through the signs, McKeerahan has it. The left-hander ready, and the one-two pitch. Swinging a chopper towards the middle. Trahan to his left, fields, throws, he got him! And that's it! The Wahoos have the first Southern League title in franchise history in 2017. McKeerahan is mobbed as the Blue Wahoos pile just to the left of the mound in celebration. It took 12 innings, but the Wahoos sweep their way to their first Southern League Championship. Great American Dream is hosted by me, C. Trent Rosecrans, produced by Amanda Rossman and Phil Didion, and edited by Amy Wilson. Game coverage of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos is courtesy of 97.1 The Ticket, with play-by-play from Tommy Thrall and Chris Garagiola. You can follow the Blue Wahoos along all season on MILB.com, BlueWahoos.com, and WeAreSportsRadio.com. Follow the Tortugas all season long on their flagship stations AM 1230 and AM 1490 WSBB, or streamed online through MyAM1230.com, DaytonaTortugas.com or the TuneIn Radio app. Stay connected to your Cincinnati Reds with the Enquirer and Cincinnati.com, the go-to source for everything Reds. Never miss an update by signing up for a digital subscription that provides complete, real-time coverage of all the games, a terrific mobile app for both your phone and iPad, and the news you won't get anywhere else. 